Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aces Loaded podcast. My name is Zach Bayrudi, and it's great to have you with us for this edition of the pod. We have a great show for you today. Jamie Ritchie is going to join us. Uh, we'll get to know him a little bit. He entered this last week leading AAA West in both batting average and on base percentage. If you follow the team this year, you know that Jamie's been uh, one, of the, one of the big cogs in the Aces machine, the Aces offensive machine that has been scoring runs at a historic clip. So we're going to talk with Jamie Ritchie, get to know him and his background, um, and, and get to know what he did uh, during quarantine that helped him get to the level he's at now. So we'll talk with Jamie. We're also going to preview the upcoming homestand with our marketing director, Vince Rufino. A great homestand in store July 22nd through the 27th. The Aces are going to host the Rangers AAA affiliate, the Round Rock Express. And the overarching theme of that homestand is going to be Copa de la Diversión. So the Aces will be masquerading as Los Corazones de Reno. And not only that, not only are you going to have the, the jerseys and the caps, uh, we're going to have giveaways that are really in tune with what we're trying to do here with Copa de la Diversión and also food and music and a great time in store uh, for you at Greater Nevada Field on the 22nd to the 27th. So we'll have all that, Jamie Ritchie, Vince Rufino, and we'll talk about what's coming up uh, on the upcoming homestand, all wrapped up in the Aces Loaded podcast, which uh, is going to continue next when we talk with Jamie Ritchie. So stick around. We'll be right back and you can get to know Jamie on the Aces Loaded podcast. In conjunction with the Washoe County Health District, the Aces are thrilled to announce to fans that capacity at Greater Nevada Field has returned to 100%. Tickets for the remainder of the season are currently on sale at RenoAces.com or by texting TIXX to the number 21003. Are you all in for Ace Ball? We are back on the Aces Loaded podcast. It's great to have you along. And we are joined now by Aces catcher slash outfielder, Jamie Ritchie, how you doing, man? I'm good, doing well. Uh, what a year for you. We'll, we'll get into the year here first, and then we'll, we'll kind of backtrack and get into your background. But you come into this week leading the, uh, the AAA, AAA West. I say that, want to say the PCL, but AAA West in, in batting average and, and on base percentage. You had an incredible stretch of 10 uh, at-bats in a row where you reached base. Uh, pr pretty impressive. How have you uh, felt getting settled in so far this year? That certainly has made it nice starting off well. Um, I didn't, uh, I don't think anybody expects a start like that. Um, you know, my family's been joking around with me, hey, how long can you hit 400? So <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to make it last as long as I can and enjoy it while it lasts, but um, definitely not expecting to hit that highs. But, you know, it's been fun. And Rick Short and I worked in spring training at the beginning of the season on some things. Um, just relaxing my shoulders a little bit. And I think as, as small of a little something to fix like that has been actually gone a long way for me. So um, I've just been trying to enjoy it and just relax and have fun. You know, there's the mechanical adjustment, which you talk about, but I think what I've been most impressed with has been your approach. Uh, you know, you're willing to, to see a lot of pitches. You're willing to take whatever walks come your way. And thus the on-base percentage has been, uh, you know, well over 500 at times, but what's been your approach and has that always been your approach? Yeah, it has. I've never been someone that's hit for a lot of powers. So I think the on-base factor for me since, I mean, since I first got into pro ball, has always been something that I've tried to focus on and swinging at good pitches. That was something the Astros stressed over and over again. And um, so I think that's always been part of my approach. And sometimes maybe I take it too far and don't swing at some pitches or um, maybe not as aggressive as I should be in certain counts. But that's something that I've 
worked on my whole career. And I think this year it's just, it's, it's all come together, fortunately. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fun to say the least. I think this is a good, good time to backtrack and, and kind of get into your background. You originally drafted by the Astros out of Belmont. And I actually saw you come up with, with some of the best teams that I ever saw come through the California league. I spent 14 years in that league and those Lancaster teams were, were some of the best. They were chock full of those, those big time Astros prospects, but what was it like to be, to be drafted and then to be assimilated into that environment with those caliber uh, players? And many of them went on to, to win a world series. Right. Like you said, yeah, there were some good offensive teams that I've been a part of with the Astros and they were so while I was there became more and more data oriented and straight analytical. So it was, it was nice to learn a lot of things about the game that I don't know if I would have learned in other organizations that weren't so forward thinking and progressive. Um, you know, I was there for seven years and would have liked to have made it to the big leagues with them, but I try to, you know, look back on my time with them and just, know that it was a really good learning process for me to figure out some things that, like I said, I, I probably would not have figured out in other organizations. And they, they did make me better, I think. And I got better under, you know, their watch, but um, yeah, it was, I've been a part of some good offensive teams, but I think, you know, this one in Reno, I think is maybe the best, if not, you know, top two at, at least. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Well, I want to talk about Reno in a little bit, um, but I, I want to I want to kind of go back a little further into your background. You, you do both. You catch and you, you play the outfield. You can play pretty much anywhere. But when did you start uh, learning to catch? And, and uh, when did you know that 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 could be a, a position that you would play professionally? I first started catching, I think, when I was eight or nine. I just liked the idea of putting catcher's gear on honestly that's how it started I thought it was cool just to wear catcher's gear and I told my mom I was like I want to I want to do that so <laughs> I think when I was yeah like I said eight or nine I start I first started and then we moved to Georgia and I played on a travel team where I started catching and that became my position and honestly I didn't really play anywhere else coming up like in middle school or travel ball or high school um, besides catcher um, so getting into college that was my main position I didn't play anywhere else and then pro ball obviously drafted as a catcher and then played some first base and high a just to get at bats but when I came here they were like uh you know because we had three catchers four catchers at times on the team so they were like would you be willing to play left to get more at bats of course I said yes and um it's it's been it's been fun out there it's been nerve-wracking at times I'm not you know as comfortable as I'd like to be but uh catching first and then hopefully maybe some left field here and there but yeah it's always been catcher for me well if it helps uh you you've looked like a total natural playing out in left field I, I haven't noticed any any kind of fish out of water type body language from you appreciate that um when I when I first approached you, we, we hadn't talked and then I saw you come up through Lancaster. We hadn't really talked, but I first approached you this year. I saw your your uh, hometown was listed as South Hadley, Mass, which I'm from Worcester, Mass. And, and so that kind of resonated with me. But you said <laughs> that your dad was actually there. You were born there because your dad was coaching. Can you take us into, into your your dad's background a little bit? Yeah. So he is he was born in Scotland and lived there until he was 21 or 22 before he came over here and played uh tennis on a scholarship to Birmingham Southern and that's where he met my mom she's from a small town in Alabama and then 
he got into coaching and became the tennis coach at Mount Holyoke up there close to South Hadley. So that's when we moved, they moved up there sometime in the early nineties. And then I was born in 93. And then I, I want to say that it was only like three or four months that we lived up there before moving back to Alabama. And then eventually Georgia became the permanent residence. Um, so a little bit of everywhere, I guess you could say, but yeah, he's, he's from Scotland. Um, I actually have dual citizenship between Britain and the United States. Oh, wow. so, yeah. We've been over there several times for Christmas and, uh, I'm actually about to get married over there to my fiance in December. So congrats, we're, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're excited. excited about that. I'm sure. Oh yeah. We went over there with her family in 2019 for Christmas. And, um, we talked about it a little bit, like having a destination type wedding instead of, you know, having something over here with a ton of people. Um, so it just made more sense for us. So we're really excited about it. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, I'd imagine that with your dad's background, athletics was, was kind of a focal point for you growing up. And I, I'd imagine sports was kind of around you all the time. For sure. It was. Yeah. I, I, Tennis was actually probably the second sport I enjoyed most playing. I played uh, just because, you know, he was coaching tennis and I was around it a lot. My mom played some. So that was my second sport that I liked the most besides baseball. Um, played it from probably five years old until I was 12. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was definitely growing how, up. How did, how did the love of baseball get sparked with you outside of wanting to put on catcher's gear? I think I, it was just when we lived in Alabama, I was playing T-ball. My older brother played baseball. We used to play in the front yard all the time. It was just kind of the sport uh, to play in that town. And then when we moved to Georgia, it was a big football. Um, Buford, where I went to high school, was a big football school. But baseball, I just – I always – felt that it was more of my calling I guess it was I the sport that I was best at and uh, I just enjoyed it more I knew that there wasn't you know the big risk of injury I think they could end your career early um, and yeah, I grew up with the same travel team playing from when I was nine until I was 13 um, so that was fun to play with the same group of guys and then go to high school with them and win a state championship together so it was just it was always it was always there for me, I guess you could say. What was it like for you going from Belmont into, into the professional ranks? Obviously, I mentioned your draft by the Astros. It was, uh, I think it was the 13th round, right, by, by the yeah. Astros out of Belmont. What was, that, what was that process like for you getting, uh, getting used to pro ball and the grind as compared to, to what, what life was like in college? Yeah, it, it was at first. I went to the New York. Penn League was the Astro short season league in 2014 after I got drafted and it was an awesome environment I mean they had sellout Tri-City right? yeah they it was an unbelievable place to play and I was like oh this is this is amazing I think that was you know before you get to some of the places in minor league ball that aren't so great that I mean I didn't realize at the time but <laughs> it was I mean every Astros affiliate it seems like was always good fans and I was lucky I think to always play in good places um Corpus Christi Round Rock um and Fresno was fun too so it was it was a, an adjustment at first but I think also being a catcher you you don't play every single day or you know you play 
hundred games at you know at most because you're always you know there's other catchers too that they're trying to develop on the team. So I don't think that sometimes I've had the the grind you could say as far as like physically that some guys have that are playing every single day. Um, but certainly, you know, in my eighth year, it's like <laughs> uh, I feel the mental grind. I think more than the physical at times. I totally get it. Uh, take take me through going from the Astros to the the Diamondbacks. You selected free agency at the end of nineteen, and then switching organizations. Obviously, you get used to you know by one organization, they kind of mold you in their philosophies. But what was it like? Uh, you know, selecting free agency and, and then going to the D-backs. Yeah, I, I really, I think after the COVID and everything, I, I didn't know what to expect. I was a little worried with um, what an offseason would look like being a free agent after the Astros didn't add me or protect me from free agency. So I was, I was stressing and I, the Diamondbacks called me, it was like five minutes after I became a free agent. So I was that's a big relief. And I was like, I felt, um, I guess you could say wanted by them. And I, they, you know, made me feel like this organization where being a major leaguer was the best possibility of the other teams that I had even talked to a little bit, but yeah, it coming over the diamondbacks has been relatively easy. I think they, they kind of let you as a player, they, they told me several times, we don't want to make you feel like you're in a box or put you in a box or like, you know, mold you into what we think you should be that. I think that, you know, being 28, that time is kind of passed as far as trying to mold someone into a something else that they, they, they aren't, um, you know, Blake Lolly, our manager kind of, he lets us, you know, get our work in how we see fit, which is nice because it's, it's not like, you know, you have to get here at a certain time and you have to, you know, do all these things. It's kind of like he treats us as a professional and that's to me, that's how it should be in AAA. And we have an older team. I feel like that um, everyone, you know, kind of gets their work in how they see fit. If, you know, if you're tired one day, you don't necessarily have to be out there taking ground balls or um, doing a bunch of stuff, but at the same time, it's, it's almost motivation to get out there and work hard too. So I think the Diamondbacks in that aspect have um, done a good job of getting guys better. Yeah, that that kind of leads me in my next period. I, I'm, I'm getting adjusted to being in AAA um, and just kind of the feel. I feel like it's, a, it's fundamentally different at this level. You're dealing with a lot of players that are, you know, a back and forth at time from the big leagues. You're dealing with up players coming down what's it like to to be in that environment you're just over 100 games for your career in triple combined disaster what's it like to be in this environment and what for a catcher what's it like to handle sorry zach if you want to let me try and better spot yeah, you're real frozen there. can you I, I got your back jamie i got your back i can hear you better now <laughs> okay um 
I don't know how much of the last uh, the last one you heard, but but what's it like? I feel like it's fundamentally different at at AAA. I'm I'm just getting used to the feel of it here, as far as players coming from everywhere. What's it like being in this environment? What's it What's it like catching pitchers that are you know coming seemingly from everywhere? I've never seen like a rotating cast of pitchers like I have at this level. But but as a catcher, you, you kind of have to learn everyone's strengths and and weaknesses. What's that like for you? Yeah, it is. You know, it is AAA is definitely a different environment than you know, double A, single A, you do have, you have guys coming up and down and, you know, it's, it's more of an independent feel, I guess you could say, but we have had a lot of movement on this team as far as guys, you know, coming up and down between double A, the big leagues, I mean, free agent signings, you name it. So you, you do, you try to, you try to catch these guys as much as you can in bullpens and, um, and even in spring training leading up to this season, you try and, know what everybody has and what their strengths are and you know that is a task for a catcher that I think is a skill is is just the ability to know what guys strengths are and be try your best to be in sync with them on the mound and um like I said just talking to the pitching coach Jeff Baginero and just you know trying to ask him because for me being new to the organization I don't necessarily know everything there is to know about everybody even though I've caught him several times so using him as a tool to do and just being like hey like what in the past like what's this guy done that's made him most successful or mm-hmm. you know how should we approach this or you know pitching in Reno even it's just it's hard because at elevation guys make good pitches sometimes and you know the ball can get out of the ballpark so it's like you're trying to constantly remind the pitchers too, like, Hey, like you, you know, that was a good pitch. Don't get away from what you're doing because mm-hmm. like, you know, at, over the long haul, that's, that's going to make you successful. So I think just a combination of things and trying to just work with them as much as you can. Sure. That's, that's great insight. Uh, lastly, I want to ask you about getting through COVID. Uh, what was the COVID year like for you? How did you stay in rhythm? And obviously you're great success kind of right out of the gate so so what what led to that if, if anything that you did during the year off were you at the alt site I was at the alt site yes and uh so our alt site was in Corpus Christi uh the double a site for the Astros so I was there um till September and then the off season um just tried to I I didn't take the break that I have in seasons pa- like off seasons past um you know, I've given myself sometimes a month, a month and a half before I start doing stuff. And I think with just no season last year, I was like, no break. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, just I knew that free agency was coming and that I just wanted to be as prepared as possible with mm-hmm. whatever I'm with. And so I think, yeah, I just I, I threw constantly. My fiance would throw with me sometimes when there was no one else to throw with. She would get out there and put my extra catcher's glove on and throw with me sometimes so it was just doing whatever I could when I could to try and be ready for the season and I actually ended up getting COVID right before spring break I mean spring spring break spring training um (laughs) (laughs) right before spring training difference yeah um so that was a little bit of a hassle but ended up being fine and um you know they've done a good job I think this year with running things as smoothly as possible and um preventing guys from getting it so uh, yeah i think that 
I, I've, I've been fortunate and I'm just happy to get the start that I can and hopefully keep it going as long as possible. For sure, man. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. It's been fun to watch out there and, and best of luck moving forward, Jamie. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. I'm a proud Reno transplant. Uh, the first time that I set foot in Reno actually was opening day 2013. And that was the day that I came to interview for a job with the Reno Aces. I think about what a, what a friendly community this is. Um, you know, I came in um, and was, was welcomed. Um, people, people were, were uh, very open with me. And, and when I say open, I, they were open in the, in the best ways. They told me what was good. They told me what might not be great that we could do better. Um, but, they, but I was given a chance. What Reno is now is this incredibly vibrant, live, work, play, outdoor community. There are things to do in all parts of the community. Uh, our downtown, we have a river running through it. If we're lucky, you're lucky enough to live in a city with a river in downtown. It's spectacular, everything that that brings off of it. Um, we're the smallest, uh, smallest community that has AAA baseball, and I feel like that's a source of pride. Biggest Little City is a, is a source of pride in that we can accomplish anything that the big cities can do, but we're gonna do it in a way that's a little bit more friendly and more inclusive. Creating the, the, the BLC Biggest Little City brand we wanted to create something that connected to our community beyond baseball. It's about uniting our baseball team to a community. And so uh, we, we want this to be something that, um, that, that our community rallies around, that they support, um, and that also brings baseball players from diverse backgrounds all over the world um, and sort of marks them as ours. When they wear that BLC hat, they now become part of Reno, part of Northern Nevada's um, culture and heritage and history, and we get to support those players, you know, as they move through to the major leagues, and they'll always have the BLC in them. We are back on the Aces Loaded podcast. Zach Beirudi along with Vince Rufino, our director of marketing here for the Aces. How you doing, man? It's good. It's nice having you guys back. It was like two and a half weeks I didn't see you. It was kind of weird, to be honest. Yeah, it felt like forever. I talked about it on the, on the radio broadcast, but it's great to be back. And I'm excited for what's to come. We're in the midst of a fun homestand now, but we're gonna preview the homestand July 22nd to the 27th. That's when the Round Rock Express come to town, the Rangers AAA affiliate. And the overarching theme of that homestand is going to be Copa de la Diversión. Take us into uh, what what not only minor league baseball is trying to accomplish with Copa, which is now I think in its third season. A little longer uh, than that. It's been longer five. than that. Yeah. Um, but but also what the organization wants to accomplish because I know you know the Aces really want to take a deep dive into into what what this is supposed to be all about. Yeah. So we're excited to bring back the Los Corazones de Reno this year. Um, we were worried in the offseason we wouldn't have this opportunity, so we're so so thrilled to be here. And Copa de la Diversión from MILB is really an opportunity for clubs to um, give a, a different brand to themselves or a different look and feel and and try to create a different night uh, around the Latino and Hispanic communities within their respective markets. And so that's really what we've been trying to do over the last few months is really learn about uh, the Latinos and the Hispanics in our local market um, and try to 
make the experience here at the stadium on that night really authentic. So we've been out in the local community trying foods, trying different things. We've produced some different Spanish-speaking videos that fans will see over time um, on our social media channels. We have some Spanish-specific uh, uh, creative around Los Corazones de Reno, obviously. Um, and then we're just really excited to, to kick off this celebration and welcome in our Latino and Hispanic fans uh, and to kind of experience the game the way that th they experience in their culture. Um, so we're going to have music um, from Juan1017. He'll be out here um, playing some tunes before games. We have the Maracas giveaway on Saturday night, which we're hoping will help transform the sounds of the stadium and how we are able to celebrate Aces home runs and Aces cool. runs. Should be really cool and really different from, from the norm. And then we're working with our food partners, uh, Pro Sports Catering, who does all of our concessions on creating some really great and specific menu items. So we're going to have Palomas here. We're going to have Esquite and Helmet Cups. We're going to try to bring in some Mexican candies that we're working to bring in. Um, obviously margaritas, street tacos, some of the things that we've done in the past, but with a little bit more of a focus this mm -hmm. year on bringing it to very Reno specific and, and what the people in this community are enjoying on the day to day and bringing it to the stadium so they can enjoy it here while they're watching baseball. So you not only have the, the special caps and the special jerseys for Copa Nights, uh, you're going to have, as you mentioned, uh, the Morocco giveaway on Saturday. Uh, are the Maracas like an Aces theme Maraca or? Nope, those Cotes on Esterino uh, uh, Maracas as well. So it has okay. our art uh, with the Chili Peppers logo on there. Has a few of our sponsors in Colo and Juan. We appreciate That's them cool. helping us out to get the word out about this day. Um, but yeah, no, completely, um, all, everything in stadium will be different. Our headshots, um, the, our video uh, board graphics, everything will be branded for those Cotes on Esterino. We try to make over um, and really be immersive in, in that um, experience for everyone. Yeah. Thirsty Thursday, there's fireworks Friday, the Maracas on Saturday. On the back end of the homestand, there's going to be a, an Olympic celebration and medal giveaway. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was something that we were obviously planning for 2020 when the Olympics were scheduled to take place, but um, some plans changed and we had to pivot from that. Um, so now we're giving them away three consecutive days. Uh, it's Sunday through Tuesday, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We encourage all fans to arrive early. There are limited quantities available at the gates, so um, if you're not here within 15, 20 minutes of gates opening, there's a good chance you might not get one, so encourage everyone to get here early. Um, but it's a, a gold medal. It's heavy. It's pretty big. It has our Reno Aces logo on it, and on the back it says, go for the gold. Um, it says, go for the gold night, technically, so a little preview on what we were trying to do in 2020. Uh, we had to amend things a little bit this year, but still a great opportunity for everyone to celebrate the great athletes that are going uh, overseas on our behalf to represent our country and, and try to make us proud and we want to support them. Speaking of going for the gold, I want to talk just a little bit about the team before we close it out. How fun has this team been to watch? I mean, it's unreal. I think they score the majority of their runs in the seventh or eighth inning, yeah. so a comeback is never out of the realm of the possibility, but they win in different ways too, Zach, which I find as a baseball fan just really intriguing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like how we can score, win a one nothing game where a starter goes five innings and then we can rely on the bullpen to shut things down, or, you know, we can be down eight to one and we can homer ourselves back into it, or we can clobber somebody. Like, we win in so many different ways. It's a really fun team to watch. We steal bases, which is which is great to see back in baseball. Vargas is back here. Uh, we have guys, Ben Deluzio, who is lightning quick that, that can steal bases. So we're driving the gaps, we're running the, the field, and we're playing some really good defense too. I mean, this team, I can't say enough good things about this team. No, every facet of, of the game, this team plays well. And not only that, you look at, at the Diamondbacks right now. I think it was last night, six of the eight uh, players in the Diamondbacks, position players in the Diamondbacks 
Jacks lineup wore an Aces uniform at one point in time. So there's that synergy. There's a true lineage, you know, and when you look at that that lineup, um, you know, you have a guy like Nick Ahmed who was here a few years ago and won a gold glove as a defensive shortstop in, in, in at the time the Pacific Coast League. And then you go to the more recent guys. You had Josh Reddick who started the year with us this year. You have a Dalton Varsho who has mm -hmm. spent time here, um, is an incredible player playing catcher in center field one day after the other is just a Pretty feat special. for baseball amongst itself. But the point is you can see future Diamondbacks, future major leaguers here in Reno every single day. And, and the nature of this season is you really don't know who you're going to see here on Thursday night and then Friday night they're up with the major league club. Yeah. We have that happening today, just just ourselves. So happens all the time. That's awesome. Well, we're looking forward to what's coming down the pipe. Again, July 22nd to the 27th, Round Rock Express in town, the AAA affiliate of the Texas Rangers. Vince, thanks for breaking it down for us. Man. Thanks for having me, Zach. We're about to wrap up the Aces Loaded podcast after this. Nitro Circus is returning to Greater Nevada Field this summer. Don't miss the high-flying, action-packed show on Sunday, August 22nd at Greater Nevada Field. Visit greaternevadafield.com to get your tickets today. Welcome back, and we hope you enjoyed this edition of the Aces Loaded Podcast. My thanks to Jamie Ritchie and to Vince Ruffino. Uh, and we're so looking forward to having you all out at the ballpark. We talked about the promotions upcoming for uh, the upcoming homestand with Round Rock, July 22nd to the 27th. For tickets, renoaces.com. If you're going to be here on a giveaway night, we encourage you to get here early because giveaway items are limited. So again, for tickets, renoaces.com, and get here early if you want to some of the maracas or the gold medals that we talked about with Vince. Uh, the Aces are the best team in AAA West, so not only do you want to come out for the giveaways, you want to come out to watch the baseball as well as the Reno first place team. And uh, the sky's the limit with this, with this club. Trust me, they are entertaining to watch. So again, renoaces.com. Thanks for watching the pod. We'll see you next time on the Aces Loaded Podcast.